Today's episode is brought to you by Olive, a next-generation logistics company serving premium fashion brands. Are your e-commerce logistics costs going through the roof? Olive is here to help. Olive offers brands and retailers over 50% off of return shipping expenses instantly while offering customers a sustainable, waste-free packaging and delivery experience. The solution is turnkey and no development work is required. You simply download their Shopify app to get started. To learn more, visit shopolive.com slash watsonweekly. Save money, save the planet. It's January 2nd, 2023. And this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Happy New Year. Today on our show, I wanted to do a little bit different format for you. What were my top three stories from 2022, as well as eight items from our Investor Minute. But first in our shopping cart full of news, let's count down. Our first story got over 55,000 views on LinkedIn. Dollar General is adding 1,050 stores. Is it wise? Make hay while the sun shines is not only a proverb of life, but a business. Roughly, it means taking advantage of a particular situation while it exists because it may not be around forever. It's through this lens I analyze an Axios article where Dollar General add 1,050 stores to its 19,000 store fleet. Just for comparison, Walmart's figures put Walmart stores at nearly 5,000 in the U.S. Making hay while the sun shines sounds great in theory. The challenge is simple. Once you build a store, it's more or less built forever. And that includes while the sun is shining, when it's raining or snowing, and at night when the sun is hidden. Dollar General takes advantage of two huge short-term trends and long-term. The short-term trend is inflation and the upcoming slowing of the economy, encouraging shoppers to trade down and shop more at the discounter. Even if you don't think we're in a recession right now and everything is fine, it doesn't mean that many things aren't different is not also true at the same time. Particularly if you look at category-by-category data, what you need to right now to understand what's happening. The second trend benefiting Dollar General is a much longer-term trend in the United States. The middle and lower classes are losing economic clout compared to the top 1% since the 80s. This tends to give a value chain like Dollar General a tailwind. Dollar General is doing one smart thing for sure, adding fresh groceries. Fresh and replenishable items encourages repeat visits, which can lift the entire store sales over the long term. It also means that Dollar General could be attempting a broad low-end disruption of Walmart, something I'm sure is not lost on the firm. The big challenge is, how much hay is too much to make? What if it overreaches the supply of horses consuming the hay, or the workers shoveling the hay? In this case, the management team seems to realize this issue with its category expansion and is using that as a hedge to keep consumers coming back even as it expands. Our next story actually got over 72,000 views on LinkedIn. Shopify changes its COO and CFO, and the stock price is likely an important reason. Shopify today made some major leadership shakeups and in doing so revealed its priorities. The big news is CFO Amy Shapiro is moving on and Jeff Hoffmeister is coming into Shopify after spending his career at Morgan Stanley and leading the IPO from the other side of the table. The CFO could have been someone from a large enterprise or SaaS company from their entire career. That's not what just happened. That selection would have indicated a focus on SaaS fundamentals like annual contract value, attrition, and growth. Jeff Hoffmeister has never worked at a software company in his life. He's never been a financial operator from one. 
This tells me their focus is not necessarily on typical software company CFO tasks. It's more about managing Wall Street and having Shopify look like a company that Wall Street will keep investing in. In other words, what is the most important question on Jeff's mind at the moment? What the hell is happening to the stock price? Of course, that's the same question that Shopify investors were asking who are buying the dip and are learning that it might be a falling knife instead, at least in this market. Shopify also made a change at COO, promoting VP of product, merchant services, Cash Nijatian. The way to think about the role of COO at a software company is the connection between revenue, i.e. marketing and sales, and delivery, meaning product, service, and technology. Previously, Kaz was head of product management at Shopify, so he likely knows exactly what he's getting into here, and Toby trusts him with product roadmap decisions. It appears Kaz's scope also expands from just merchant services to subscription services as well. COO is kind of a hybrid role in a software company, and Kaz brings more product thinking to the prop function than the previous COO, Toby Shannon, who was previously more on the revenue side of the equation. Also, just some commentary on this one from the past. If you look at the last six months, Shopify stock has actually stabilized and gone up 9%. It's hard to tell exactly what's causing this as the fundamentals of the business aren't necessarily getting better from a profitability point of view. But still, the stock is down 73% on the year and I'm sure that's something which is squarely in the CFO's radar as we go forward. And our last story gained over 100,000 LinkedIn views this year. Could Amazon's cost-cutting moves give us a preview of 2023? Everyone famously heard this year that Amazon doubled the capacity in the past two years of a fulfillment network that took 20 years to build. What you may not have heard is recent news that Andy Jassy, the CEO of Amazon, is instructing employees to, quote, double down on frugality. This is according to reporting from Eugene Kim at Business Insider. Of course, this is in stark contrast to Amazon's history, which is focused to much more on growth and profitability, even though they do have one of their principles being frugal. What's interesting about these new moves from Amazon is that the company is not typically known for this type of behavior and employs over 150 PhD economists. Of course, it's interesting because the Federal Reserve is thought to have over 400 PhD economists, and they're running the entire U.S. economy. Some specific callouts from the slides include... Maintain cash balances and liquidity. Adjust inventory levels to meet demand. Reduce discretionary costs not tied to customers. Prioritize customer experience over new initiatives. While no one can predict the future here, one of the largest, most well-funded retailers in the world is starting to prioritize cash, improving efficiencies, and reducing inventory levels, then it would be wise for everyone to take notice. What does this mean for Amazon brands? I think these kinds of strategies will have an impact on first-party Amazon business as well into next year. If you're new to the Amazon world, first-party sales is managed through an interface called Vendor Central and consists of inventory that Amazon buys and resells on its own. Third-party sales is managed through an interface called Seller Central, where each seller ships products directly to the consumer, either from Amazon's warehouses or from its own. Amazon never takes possession of the inventory. With respect to Amazon and how difficult the problem is, it's pretty well known at this point that the default forecasting algorithm that Amazon uses to determine how much inventory of each SKU to buy is hot garbage. If the dial is turned down on that algorithm, then purchase order volumes will decline for first-party Amazon sales. In response to this, I recommend brands that have high exposure to Amazon first-party to do two things in response to this heading into 2023. First, Ensure that the cases you build for your Amazon vendor manager are better than the ones you've built in the past. 
your data needs to be clear and obvious. Show them that the demand will be there, and there are many examples of Amazon vendor managers changing their mind and getting approval for purchase orders they denied initially. Second, think about preparing your supply chain infrastructure for shipping pieces, not just pallets. This is a foundational capability that you'll need not just for Amazon third-party sales, but also for your own direct-to-consumer offering. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have eight items on the menu today. First, software as a service buyer Relay Commerce raises $27 million to continue acquiring more companies. Obviously, at this level of funding, it can't acquire very large companies, but it could be someone to keep an eye on. The company's already acquired three companies at undisclosed prices. Other players in this space include Assembly and Carbon6. Second, Salesforce solution provider OSF Digital acquires UK-based Ogen. OSF Digital has been on somewhat of an acquisition spree in the last year, acquiring Fit for Commerce, Arin, Paladin Group, Collecto, and Netonomics. It's a pretty well-understood playbook for agencies to increase their valuation by rolling up smaller players to increase their revenue size. The reason is much larger consultancies and private equity players pay a higher revenue multiple premium for the same company once it clears about $10 million in revenue. Third, no-code commerce platform pop-up raises $3.5 million seed round to personalize online storefronts. The company was founded by two ex-Shopify developers who see a simple way for people to create new storefronts without a lot of complexity. It's notable that these founders see more opportunity for innovation outside of Shopify than within it, even at the low end of the market. Fourth, The Rounds, a sustainable household restocking service, raises a Series A. The company delivers refills and picks up the empties at the same time on a weekly schedule. While the service is designed for people who don't want waste, how large is the market for people who value convenience enough to need someone to deliver these replenishables to them but are not sustainable enough to go to the store in the first place to get a real bulk discount? Seems like a tough needle to thread. Fifth, incubator and logistics provider Saltbox raises a $35 million Series B round. Saltbox is best described as a 3PL merge with a WeWork. While this is a unique concept, it may seem more suited to a different era when venture capitalists were funding more e-commerce companies than they are today. Six, software and payments provider ClearCourse acquires e-commerce agency SellerDeck. ClearCourse is a company that I hadn't heard about before, but it seems like there is something like a holding company for a variety of e-commerce software and service brands I've never heard of. One example is Swan Retail POS. Anyone ever heard of this? Bueller? Seventh, real-time competitive intelligence vendor Nettail closes $5 million seed round. Price discovery is an important capability for any retailer or brand, so there could be a market here. Most existing solutions in the market start by identifying a list of your competition, which is given by the brand. Nettail claims to automatically discover your competition, likely using keywords and aggregating social media and other signals. And finally... Shopping app Sorted, S-O-R-T-D, raises $1.2 million pre-seed to comparison shop across various websites. The service allows you to create a wish list of items across many different sites. It sounds like a similar primary use case to what Pinterest has gotten traction on, but really failed to nail as an online shopping companion. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson. CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. 
Want to discuss the topics on the show? Head on over to community.rmwcommerce.com to connect with other listeners. Our production partner for the series is Citizen Racecar. The show is produced by Alex Brower, production manager Gabriella Montekin. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.